Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Sunday Scary with your host from the Far End of the Bench podcast, Jim Palato. Oh, it's rebrand time. I'm glad that I had that. I'm glad that I have you on the show to experience that for the first time. I'm glad everybody tuning in, if you've you jumped on early to the live. I appreciate it. This is the Sunday Scaries podcast via the far end of the bench channel, if you will. And uh, I got, we got to, I know he's got to get off. He, his son has a game coming up, so I'm not going to keep him too long. I appreciate, I, I texted him like an hour before we were going to go live with the show. So today we might as well get a quick promo in. Uh, Darren Briere from the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast, also my co-host on the Talking the Gridiron show for the VSN Network. Darren, thank you for jumping on. And we're going to have to get you back on an episode because you, as you can see in the background with the new logo, it's chalkboard school is a very much a part of what we talk about on this show. So I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, talking a little bit about what we're going to be having everybody go through tonight. Dude, that was a sick intro right there. Well done on that. That was nice. I appreciate that- it. That was good. That got me fired up a little bit. I love the little wrestling aspect to it, too. And then the little thing, like, Jimmy Miller. I love that. That was good stuff right there. Uh, yeah. Yes, we do need to reschedule to get, get on for a full episode. Me and you could have some real good stories if we just focus on uh, teaching and kids in school. So I look forward to uh, doing that. But, yeah, no, thanks for having me. Come on for a few minutes here to talk talking the gridiron right season two for us me and you that you know we got through season one last year i thought it was i thought we did a really good job with it getting it started there and i think we had a lot of support from a lot of people tuning in on variety sports network so i'm looking forward to getting the show going tonight talking some biggest storylines maybe get some division predictions so i'm looking forward to tonight's show with you yeah nico and i uh we've been doing some divisional predictions i i on our, our most recent episodes, we finally gone through. We, we saved the West for last because yep. that's where his team is, and that's obviously where the Super Bowl champion is from. And yeah, it's we've been avoiding talking about football for him at least because he just likes to talk about the Nuggets, and <laughs> it's it's inevitable. If you listen to a show on this feed, I got to throw it up every time that we say it. They're still world champions, but yes. so far he's like, I can't. I don't want to talk about football. It does not exist. I'm full into lacrosse, and the Nuggets are still still world champions. That's where his NFL commentary is at right now. So I'm glad that we get the the football show back. I can talk a little bit more about it in depth. Exactly, and you break it down so well. Because obviously you you've you've played it, you've coached it, so it's, it's good to get your side of it uh, as well. You know, I never I never played it on that level, just kind of watched it a little bit more. So I think that's why the show kind of works from that angle. We get to come at it from yeah. different sides as well. And we're all different fan teams. We're, all of us are uh, fans of different teams, which is kind of fun too. So we all kind of look at the league a little bit different too. So I, I'm expecting a good little a good season too this year as well. I'm talking to Gridiron and it should be a fun football season. Looking forward to two weeks away. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It feels like it's snuck up on everybody, but yes. I'm glad that it's here. Um, and yeah, we said, the fandom comes into play. Like we've had. I had an episode where we actively watched the Bengals lose to the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. That was <laughs> one of the episodes. I don't know if we did one, and we should have been doing one, but that uh, fumble that the Raiders did against the the Patriots had against the Raiders. Oh, yeah. That, that would have been epic to have us on. I, I would have loved the celebration. So hopefully we get more stuff like that this season. And with VSN and having the live show capability, people can watch us while they're watching the end of the Sunday Night Football game. That's kind of the way that we have it set up. Yeah. We'll, we'll be your bar at the end of the night. You can come c- talk with us and, and chat some football with us. I like that. I like that. I like that. 
It's a communications major in me. I got to come up with a tagline. I like that, man. That's a good one. We are the bar at the end of the day. That's a good way to explain it right there. Yeah, there should be uh, real quick, you want to plug your your show specifically, and uh, and then we can. I'll let you yeah. go. What what sport is, is it? Football or what? What's your your son playing? Uh, he's got he's got soccer today. He's got soccer. soccer today. Yeah, football. soccer. Sorry, right football. Football. Yeah, he's got football. He's got football out here. So we got a game out there. Uh, thankfully, we're pretty close by, so I we'll be able to jump over there pretty quickly here. Uh, yeah, at Fatboy Fadeaway Sports, uh, find us Sunday mornings. We're usually doing a pod. I did one this morning, uh, 8 a.m. for about 40 minutes before we kind of jump on about, you know, uh, you were on with us one time. We kind of just talk about a little whatever's kind of going relevant in that week. We like to do a lot yeah. of look backs at things. Next week, we're going to look back at uh, the 2003 NFL season and kind of just kind of look back what's different from 20 years ago to what difference now and kind of some of the things that stand out. So we'll do a little look back at that going into the into the new season so that's the kind of stuff we do on fat boy sports and then of course talking the gridiron with you is a big part of the show and i just i look forward to tonight's show i think i got some fun things for you to throw out you interested to see what you got for me too so it should be fun oh if you don't already follow follow the variety sports network follow uh darren and the fat boy fadeaway show on your podcasting apps because i love listening back i don't I don't always tune in live. I'm up in enough time, but sometimes it's – I like having it on the drive. I have about a 20-minute drive to and from school, so I like it on <clears throat> those kinds of areas. But I love listening to you and Tyler and, and yeah, talking the gridiron. It's 6.45 tonight. Is it, That's the time we – is that your time or my time? This is – 7.40 – Let's go to your – we're on your platform here, so let's go yeah. 7 – so I think you're 7.45, right? I'm 7.45, yeah. yeah. 7.45 <laughs> Mountain Standard Time. 645 he gets an extra hour to catch up on everything he doesn't have to be totally exhausted the next day there but, is that too there is that too <laughs> you no know, it'll be it'll be awesome be sure to tune in and be sure to subscribe we'll have plenty of uh, people jumping in and out of the show and we're we already have a guest and it's only only week 1 of the season so who knows what we have in store coming up yep. but uh thank you very much Darren check out fat boy fadeaway sports and uh if you ever need a guest i'm always up early in the mornings Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll make it make it happen. All right, Jimmy, take it easy. I'll see you later tonight. See ya. See you, man. Peace. Again, thank you for Darren jumping on real quick. Appreciate everybody tuning in. I know that was a little bit different. <clears throat> We've been away for a week. I tried to explain on our social media. If you can't, if you don't follow already, make sure you do. You can see it in my description at FEOTB Pod. All of this is run under the far end of the bench podcast banner. Um it's hard enough building up one channel. I talked about it on the first episode of the Sunday Scary Show. It's hard enough building up one channel, so we might as well use the audience we've already tried to cultivate. I think we can bring in new people. Um, and this also is just kind of an area for me to, to say whatever I have to, to say. I love Nico. Nico, we, we love doing the podcast. Uh, just saw him actually in person. We don't often get to do that. We live close enough to each other, but he's been traveling for PLL. Shout out. Roll Woods. Roll Woods, the Woods, qualify for the championship series in the PLL. So that's something to write, write, write home about. That's awesome for them. They're top four seed in the PLL playoffs. We talked about that on last week's episode. So if you haven't catch, caught, I should speak correctly because I did take communications and, and, you know, I teach for a living. If you didn't catch last week's episode, go back, listen to it, 148. We talked PLL and the playoff format that's coming up, what this championship series is. Um, some of the different players that Nico thought stood out the most, what they are continuing to do. It's an, an awesome thing. Uh, talked a whole bunch about I've also had our AFC North preview, uh, which I got crap for online. I didn't expect to. I posted it 
And, and Nico, he makes all of our thumbnails. And I love all the way that they look. And basically, they center around, like, the one major thing or what we think could be the most viral. Because guess what? We, we try and make these things catch the most appeal so that the most people listen to them. Um, and his thumbnail that we chose for last week was Sugar Sean O'Malley because we talked about him winning. And um, we I posted it in a Bengals group that I'm on in Facebook. And I, the first comment, this has nothing to do with the Bengals. I was like, bro. First of all, read the title of the episode because I put in there. We do an AFC, NFC North preview. So, yeah, we don't talk all Bengals on this show, but it is. I'm a Bengals fan. This is a Bengals show. I did post-game, pre-game analysis for their playoff runs over the last two seasons. Like, we we are a Bengals show. This is something that is something that we we pride ourselves on. We talk about the NFL, but guess what? We like to talk about other things in the offseason, especially around this time. So, be sure to check that episode out if you haven't. We will have our new episode coming out. Nico will talk about the end of the regular season in Utah. Last time that everybody will be together in the PLL until the following regular season starts um, and what he's looking forward to for this playoff run. I, I'm glad that we get his perspective. He's right up close and personal with everything that's happening. And, and hopefully the Redwoods, they've been getting, we talked about it, getting hot at the right time. They had two overtime wins. Uh, the last two weeks, and then this past weekend, one in regulation on the ESPN2 game. So on the biggest platform of the weekend, they got that shine, and they were able to take care of business, which was awesome to see. Roll Woods. Roll Woods. All right. <clears throat> Didn't even expect to talk about the PLL, but that's kind of how this show is going to go. Follow at FEOTB Pod if you haven't already. Hit the like button on this video. Leave a comment. We'll talk. If you're a teacher tuning in, I am going to be talking specifically about some of the stuff that I've been seeing at school. So be sure and leave a comment. Tell me what you've been struggling with. We're talking about issues because the honeymoon period is over. If you uh, went back to school at least two weeks ago, I will tell you that your honeymoon period is probably over. You're probably already starting to have students that get on your nerves. So we'll talk about that. I'm going to do a little bit about football season, both my youth team and uh, NCAA, NFL. And then I, I'm going to finish up talking a little bit about some of the media that I've been watching recently. Might talk a little Swamp Kings, but I kind of want to talk about that with Nico once he's able to catch up on all of it. Uh, but I will talk Peaky Blinders and then Oppenheimer was the last Second, yeah, the last movie that I saw. I saw Barbie before then with Raleigh, but we just went, went and watched Oppenheimer. So that's what you can expect. I um, also have a little bit of just a conversation piece. So last night, <clears throat> this is being this is live Sunday morning. Last night, I went to the Regis and Valor football game, high school football game here in, in the state of Colorado. It was just kind of a last minute, <clears throat> last minute decision. Didn't really know that was where I would end up. Really, it's a it's a big rivalry in the state here. If you don't know, Regis is a Catholic high school. Valor is obviously a Christian high school, so they have already that parochial school rivalry. They don't like each other. There was a ton of people. It was at a neutral site stadium. Um, so I ended up going there, which is, is great. Happened to – so I, I walk in. There's only one – I walk in on the opposite side of the stands where I'm going to be sitting. I move over to where I want to be, and as I'm walking in front of – the media boots, they do have people that are there. They're calling, they're broadcasting the game for a streaming service. Um, didn't know that that was a thing that they do for as many games as, as now I'm aware of. And I get over to the other side of the field and all of a sudden I get a text message pop up. My watch buzzes and it's my former radio partner, Christian Saez, uh, And he's telling me that I just walked in front of him. He's here broadcasting the game. 
That's first off. I I haven't seen him. We don't get together that often. He's obviously as as I continue the story, he's very busy and I've been busy with school and, and trying to keep everything else on track. So we we've been kind of just missing each other. So it was cool. Awesome. I get to see a guy that I went to college with, one of the guys. He was if you don't know that story, Christian and I met <clears throat> in college. Uh, somehow got dragged to a trailer party in Gunnison. And Gunnison, you, if you one of the options to live off campus was at the trailer park. So I got dragged to somebody's birthday party. It was in a trailer. He and I were both fairly drunk, drunker than what you would expect for how how well we were able to keep in contact. But he said, you know, he was the sports director at the time of the radio station. He was going to be station manager coming up. And was looking for he did a, a three times a week uh, talk radio show for an hour on, on the local radio station with two other guys from the community. I was like, damn, that is honestly, that's what I want to do. I came here. I, obviously, I want to play football, but I'm getting a communications degree. I wanted to figure out how to get in the radio. I've talked to my advisor about it. Couldn't figure it out. Christian and I, we link up. I gave him my student email because I guess I was confused concerned about giving him a phone number because it's just a random drunk guy that i met a, at a trailer party and he hires me i get hired as a sports director oh after working on that talk radio show starting to broadcast a little bit we end up broadcasting two seasons of basketball we did a wrestling event that i have the video i'll, sh I'll show the highlight it'll be out there for you'll be able to listen to it it was a radio call it happened just so happened that the other radio station in town that normally carried the armac network feed of the games they had their only piece of equipment that they could use to broadcast because their owner was uh old school radio guy so they did still the physical lines their line busted because of the weather in gunnison so it was they happened to not be broadcasting which means we got the armac feed by default and it was western colorado and adam state which is the biggest rivalry between those two schools. They hate each other the most. Um, the Western Mesa wrestling rivalry is pretty big, but this was, they were both going, and, and if Western wins, they at least get a share of the conference dual championship. So it came down to the heavyweights. Christian and I have a pretty cool moment. I'll play that here in, in a little bit, that highlight. But Christian is is broadcasting, stick around. And uh, Regis ends up winning 24-21. Not, not that important. People, I'm sure people don't tune into this to hear the analysis on Colorado high school football. Um, <clears throat> but I stay after it, and I'm talking with Christian. And it's it, like I said, it's great to catch up with him. It's great to see him again. I, I'm really good friends with him and his wife, Marissa. They've both been guests on the far end of the bench, bench podcast and my own podcast back when it was the center of attention. Um, We'll probably continue to be guests in the future because I still love those two dearly and, and I'm so happy and excited what they're doing. So Marissa is, is now working at the corporate level of DNVR and traveling around the country with Brandon Spano trying to set up other stuff in a different markets and different areas. Christian is obviously broadcasting games more so than I can say. And um, he, he was also telling me he still works at Safeway. So he's grinding, putting in the work like we all know that you have to do when you want to be in a field that's as competitive as this media field. And especially now with podcasts and Internet shows, it's almost just as competitive to try and get your own footprint in the podcast space. So it's awesome to hear one of your good friends like and for somebody. I don't know. I, I guess this is how I'll say it. At that time. 
I was very happy I got to catch up with Christian, but I could feel just in the back of my mind and it was gnawing at me and it made me feel bad about myself, but I felt jealousy. Like I was, I was super jealous, almost like I felt that Christian was getting, Christian worked his way into getting all of the breaks that I could only hope for. He graduated a year before me. He stayed in Gunnison while Marissa graduated the, the semester after him. So, yes, he has that little bit of a head start. He's way better. So I, as much as I say that I'm the producer of, of the Far End of the Bench, and I am, I created the intro that you heard. Like, I can do that kind of stuff. Christian is – he has a better feel for the producing side of things. He puts together awesome reels for himself. He, he's patient uh, more so than I am. He has all of these other qualities along with the fact that he, he is a very dedicated individual and, and puts in a lot of, of effort, time and effort to making his craft better. He has the radio voice that you would want. He has the broadcaster voice. He is a, I can now seeing what he's been able to do. It's going to take more time, but he is definitely on his way to being somebody that you might see on these local sports broadcast that, that can be possibly moved up. I think of like a, a Joel Klatt where he was just a local media guy. And then all, all of a sudden he gets pulled over to Fox in Los Angeles. And, and five years later, he's the head college football analyst on the entire Fox network. So Christian is, is just showing that he was, he was cut out for it. Like being the station manager for Quisby, there's a reason why that was one of the most successful years that Quisby ever had. He was the program director his senior year. So I could continue to have my job as sports director because they don't allow you to be station manager more than a year. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, he, he was the guy that took the program director job, but was still kind of being the sports director with me, but he wanted to make sure that I can continue to work and, and pay. So uh, I, I have all of these feelings. Like I wouldn't be, we wouldn't have this show. We wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be sitting here in my parents' basement with my dog in the background giving you this show if it was not for Christian Saez. But that doesn't it, – it just – it didn't take away the feeling. Like I was jealous. I wanted I wanted the success. Why can't I be the one calling Regis versus Valor? Why didn't somebody reach out? How, how come I'm not the one getting lucky enough to get put in front of an agent who then puts you in contact with a streaming service that tries to do as many of the Colorado games as possible? <clears throat> and and at, at the time, I felt bad about it. But honestly, what I, I have to keep in mind – I, I bet you if it was reversed, Christian would probably have almost the exact same feelings. And, I, and I'm, I don't mean to talk about what he would say. I, I can have him on as a guest and we can have this conversation because I think it's, it's fair. I would have to, you know, I, I would like to pose that question to him. If, if the roles were reversed and I was the one who seemed to be progressing faster, would he be jealous the way that I felt jealous? And, and I think that he would, because even though we both want the best for each other, there's still that like we're, we, he was a competitive baseball player. I, uh, I was a competitive football player. We have that competitiveness. We want to be better in a perfect world. Him and I, I, at least for me, I will speak on behalf of myself and then hopefully I can get Christian to come on and, and we can have this one face to face on the show in a perfect world. He's my play by play. I'm color commentary and, we continue like we had a lot of success that year that him, Marissa and I were broadcasting the basketball 
and wrestling events at Western. They that was the second year in a row. <clears throat> Christian and his broadcasting team. I wasn't a, a part of it the first year, but that was the second year that we won Colorado Broadcast Awards for best small market sports broadcast. So, I in a perfect world, he is my partner in crime, and we're able to start working together. Um, and it, this is also not to say like I do love what I my job that I have currently, I love the coaching and I love the teaching and like being a mentor to somebody is almost the best thing in the world to me. But there is that part, like in the back of my mind, I was, I had that dream that I wanted to be the radio voice that somebody heard and recognized. And I still have that dream. And as much fun as I have coaching, I, I don't know if I would enjoy, if I had the opportunity to broadcast the way that I wanted to broadcast, I don't know what I would choose. It would be one of the hardest decisions that I would have to make. Um, but I, I do, like I said, I enjoy this. I enjoy the podcast. I enjoy having this show to myself because this is something that I probably wouldn't have been able to go into as much detail on. Um, but I just, I, I wanted to bring that up because it's, it's hard. Like I, as a team guy, everybody needs to be, I, you celebrate other success. I celebrate the success that I see, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't, but it's stuck in my mind. I lost sleep over it last night. As bad as that sounds, it put pushed me to losing sleep, but then I woke up earlier this morning. I'm, I made the decision in my own head. I'm going to use what I see Christian and being able to, to do and accomplish in this short amount of time as the same age, pretty much as I am. I need to use this and push myself even further. So I'm already looking into ways to monetize the podcast, different people that might want to advertise with us. I'm getting back into the audition and we're going to start like making these professional quality pieces of content because that's what you guys deserve as fans. And that's what's going to push us to become better. We are continually, we've gotten the consistency part down for the most part. There's sometimes where we miss weeks. There's sometimes where we miss shows. Life gets busy. Life gets in the way. But for the most part, we've now built consistency. And we see consistency amongst all of you bench warmers about listening every single week. We'd like to see a little bit more consistent consistency about you telling other people to listen to the shows and bringing more listeners in because you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You're like, guess what? Now I'm here. You know, it's the way telephone used to work in elementary school. Somebody, if they stumble across our show, we are going to give them the content that will help them stick around <clears throat> that's that's kind of where i'm ending this little discussion this little rant with the question that you see on your screen is where can the podcast realistically get to like is it realistic to think that we are going to be the biggest podcast in the world and, and it might not be the most realistic thing but it's damn it it's the one that i'm i'm going to continue to say we want to be the bit we want to be competing at some point with the biggest podcast in the world in the sports realm, the sports recreation, like kind of lifestyle buddy, buddy cop, if you want to call it that for lack of a better term podcast, we want to be the best in the world. We want to be, I think that we are so much better than the, when we first started and this year's shows are already better than last year's shows. And, and this month's shows are better than the previous month. We can, I see consistent improvement in the way that we've gone. And I'm, I'm honestly so proud of where Nico's gotten himself to, because if you listen to the show at the very beginning, Nico was honestly, you know, a little bit nervous as to what he was going to be able to do and what he was going to be able to sound like. Cause he didn't practice this before, but 
we've gotten, we have that comfortability. I know him well enough. We kind of share the same brain at certain points where it's like, okay, I, I got to push a little bit more here. I got to fill something in, but then Nico's going to be able to give something right back to me. And he's gone on his own shows, like done his appearances without me on different podcasts and everybody just comments on how much he knows. And I think like, that's why I can sit here and say, we want to be the best in the world because we can, we can go to other people's shows. We can bring other people in here. And Darren's one of those guys from fat boy fade away. Um, VSN has been awesome trying to help us out and, and putting us with other people. This is possible. It is so damn hard and it takes so damn long, but it is possible if you continually practice and if you continually show that you have the passion plus the talent, because if you only have the talent without the drive, then, then it's, then it's wrong and it's not going to work out. All right, let's uh, let's get into something that's probably a little bit more light here. Well, I guess kind of. Uh, football season is upon us. Dom and I were f- supposed to be coaching in our first season game. Um, Dom, the guest from episode two of this show, we were supposed to have our first game. The Box State Bruins were going to be playing the Smoky Hill Bison at Mountain Vista uh, yesterday. Did not happen. We got a message about six hours. And not six hours. It was about 11 hours before uh, Saturday. It's super late Friday night going into Saturday morning. Didn't have much time left before the game was actually supposed to be starting. And this is – so for context, we moved – we used to be in what's called the AYL here in Colorado, the Arapaho Youth League, where it was more so just like neighborhood-based. We moved into Pop Warner, which is a nationally syndicated national – um league where if we win in colorado we'd go to that we'd host the regional here and if we win the regional then we go to the national playoffs and they try and crown national champions um it's the biggest youth organization it's one of the most well-known and we are now it was supposed to be our first game in pop warner the smoky hill bison team that we're going to play somehow one of our coaches has all the content contacts and just knows everybody in youth football. This is a team that last year forfeited nine games because they just get absolutely mollywopped every time that they step foot on the field against teams that I trying to be as unbiased as possible. If you don't know, the Bucks State Bruins have not lost a game in Colorado to a team from Colorado in three years, four years of existence. They won four of the AYL championships. We won the 2021 NYFC fourth grade national championship. And I think they took third last year in the Mesquite National Tournament out in Nevada. So it's not like we're I'm not tooting my own horn to say that we are a very a damn good football team, especially for our age group. And we have two offensive line coaches. We got. Our head coach played at University of Colorado uh, back at the late 90s, early 2000s. <clears throat> we we have the, the coaches, the experience, everything going for that team. We're damn good. We were – we – I teach – we we coach to have these kids as well-oiled of a machine as possible. They would look like a SEAL team compared to any other youth football team that you see. And this – apparently the word got out in this Smoky Hill Bison team instead of – what I would want my coaches to do of, of a kid of a, in my in that situation, if I was a parent with a kid on that team, you know, you can tell the kids, yes, this is going to be just the, the biggest test. They are the best team that we've ever played. You're going to have to make sure that you are 
doing the right things and staying engaged because if you don't, there's a possibility you get hurt. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants injuries in youth football. But this is our litmus test. Like we know that we're not that great, but let's go out there and let's see if we can do something against this team. If we have some kind of positive, then we know that's our biggest strength, or we can identify our biggest weakness and maybe try and build upon that. That's what I would want as a parent of a kid on that team or as an extra coach on that staff. What I wouldn't want is to send out a message through the Pop Warner commissioner, not even like a personal message to the other head coach saying, hey, my bad, we were, some of our kids got sick, we got them tested. Apparently eight of them got COVID in the span of 30 minutes. Like they, they got tested and they didn't have it. And then they tested again. And they had it. So needless to say, the game was forfeited. We, we did not have a game. We're trying to figure something out. We might play <clears throat> tomorrow. Now, if you're listening to the recording of this, we might play Monday and then have a game turn around and have a game on Saturday. Who, who really, we don't really know at this point. Um, I'm hoping that this is not a trend, but it's just so wild to me that you, instead of challenging your kids and, and having them go out there and face something that they've never seen before, because honestly, too, that's how you inspire your kids to get better. If you see just, you know, you never show up to see the the really, really good teams because you're afraid of how embarrassing it's going to look like they'll turn the scoreboard off. There's a mercy rule. Sure, we might count up to – we, as a coaching staff, might count up to 85 points, but it's only ever going to say you lost 48 to nothing if it's as bad as it can be. But what I'm thinking is you go out there and maybe the maybe my team sleepwalks. Maybe our kids didn't, didn't take them seriously. You guys get up. You guys can build a lead. You guys score. You get a flip in first down because so far in the two scrimmages that we've had against other teams in this Pop Warner League, we haven't given up a first down on our defense. So, like, you could get something positive out of it. That's that's the hard part to me. I don't understand why failure is, is – failure sucks. Losing sucks. Getting your ass kicked sucks. One of the more p- competitive people that I know. I am one of the more competitive people that I know, and I would rather cut my own arm off than lose in 98% of situations. But kind of like how I was talking about with the whole Christian situation – you can't really just let it – you can hate losing, but why don't we take losing and make it a benefit so that we don't lose more? Because if you just lose and you never learn from it, then you continually have that blind spot and you continually have that person, that way of, of getting under your skin and, and losing, and, and you're never going to get any better. So finding a way to make your weaknesses into strengths, getting your shit wrecked, <laughs> just call it what it is, get wrecked once in a while. Do something that you know you're going to fail at because when you do that, you can figure out how to progress, figure out how to get better. That's not not a a new idea from me. I've heard it from countless other really, really successful high-level professional athletes. They They learn more from losing than they do from winning it. Michael Jordan didn't get cut from the basketball team in high school. He never would have gone on to be the absolute assassin competitor that he was i think that's that's almost fact i think people would would definitely stand behind that um just bugs me don't let your kids get out of of a tough situation don't call your kid out as a as if we want to move this over to more of the teaching side don't call your kid out of school because he tells you that he's really nervous to take a test that he hasn't studied for let them go in there and fail 
More often than not, if the teacher isn't a complete douche, they will get a chance to make up what they did. But show them what it feels like to not be prepared. Show them what it feels like to be embarrassed that you got the lowest score in the class or that I wasn't prepared. I didn't take the time to study. I don't know why. I just didn't. You got to show them that because if they don't learn what that's going to feel like, shame is is not the worst thing in the world. Shame is what allows you to grow as a human being. Ugh. Talking on your own show is different than, than talking with a, a partner. Um, <clears throat> moving on, uh, just also within football season, NCAA week zero. Let's take a look at the scores. Um, it's my favorite time of the year. I put it in my Friday slideshow, even though I don't have as many football players as I had last year, which is surprising to me. But the uh, games so far that have been played, big one, obviously, there are two yesterday. Notre Dame, number 13 in the country, beat the shit out of Navy, 42-3. to three. Uh, That game was played in Ireland, so that was kind of the only relevant thing about it. Uh, oh, and Sam Hartman is that good. Sam Hartman's transfer quarterback from Wake Forest. He's now playing at uh, Notre Dame. I don't know why he has as much eligibility as he does, but I'd love Sam Hartman. I think he he's one of my favorite people in all of college football. I started watching him when he was in high school um, on that Netflix QB one series. So I, I really like him and he had a really big game, 251 yards and four touchdowns. SC won pretty big. Let, let up more points. So here's what this SC score tells me. They beat San Jose State last night. They're number six in the country. Caleb Williams opens the season with four touchdowns. They win 56 to 28. But all that tells me is that their defense is still garbage. You cannot win a national championship when you play defense as poorly as Lincoln Riley teams play defense. That's why Baker Mayfield has no national championship ring. That's why Kyler Murray has no championship ring because Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley was there and then Caleb Williams last year with Utah and that USC defense not being able to flip and tackle. You just can't do it. So they're garbage. They're going to lose. And this is the year, funny enough, the year when the Pac-12 is going to die. They are, they are not going to have the teams that they have moving forward after this, this year. It's going to be the most competitive. And I think USC, honestly, they could finish the year with three losses, and two of them are probably going to be against Utah. They will lose to Utah in the regular season. They will lose to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. Remember, they lost their last two games last year too. They lost in the Pac-12 championship. They lost in the, the their bowl game. So they're they're not like untouchable. And that defensive showing, giving up 28 to a Mountain West team and not a good Mountain West team in San Jose State, that gives me a lot of uh, worry. <clears throat> UMass takes down New Mexico State. Not quite sure if that was an upset or not, but UMass um, normally, I think they're D1AA, so it, it is an upset. San Diego State beats Ohio by a touchdown. Louisiana Tech beats Florida International, and then Vanderbilt got the better of Hawaii. So Vanderbilt Vanderbilt gets one of their few wins that they'll have on the season since they don't um, play anybody, or they, they played in an SEC schedule during the regular season, so they need to schedule out their wins early. Uh, <clears throat> coming up next week, which is some of the games that I'm, I'm going to be excited to talk about, Florida versus Utah is coming up that'll be thursday that was uh an upset last year in florida utah was able to get the win cam rising leading the comeback 
against uh, the Gators in Gainesville. That one I'm interested in. Utah's a six and a half point favorite. Other games for that big weekend. Ooh, we got the Battle of Miami's. Miami of Ohio versus the University of Miami on Friday night. Not sure if I'm going to be catching that one. Saturday, Coach Prime's debut in uh, Fort Worth against TCU. TCU falls all the way down to number 17 after being the runner-up last season. They are still a 21-point favorite. Not quite sure what to expect from Colorado, but if they have a really good game, then it, this is going to show us which direction we're going to go with the CU Buffaloes. Uh, let's see. What else do we have on the schedule? Not Obviously, it's early in the season, so there's not a ton. Boise State, Washington might be interesting. Um, Georgia plays UT Martin, so I apologize to UT Martin for that one. That's, that's going to be just an absolute drubbing. There's this, Penn State is, is going to be one of the top, hotter teams to watch this season. Uh, biggest one I can think of is the last game on Sunday. So obviously Labor Day, nobody will be working on Monday of uh, the upcoming week, but the Sunday night game. So we'll talk about it a little bit more. Next week, LSU versus Florida State. Florida State's got a lot of hype coming in with uh, their quarterback. Let's see. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Their quarterback, Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis, outside of Caleb Williams, who is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, is the preeminent favorite of the season so far. I'm excited to see what they're able to do. Last year, that LSU game, LSU-FSU game came down to the wire. Florida State needs to win out of the gate and win often. They, This is a team that, even though they haven't had success since a man named Jameis Winston donned their colors on the sideline, this is a team that's looked at as one person, one team that can compete in the SEC, or excuse me, the ACC against Clemson. Clemson has won, I don't know how many of the last ACC championships. Florida State has been said that they could do it, but they got to win early and often. And you're probably going to lose to Clemson in at least once. If you want to win the ACC championship, you're going to have to beat them twice. You're probably going to lose in the regular season. So let that be your one regular season loss. Beat everybody else on your schedule. Prove that you should be there. And then give yourselves the confidence to get into the ACC championship, possibly win. Uh, i talk a little bit more about that one. I'll do some more research and have uh, some more in-depth analysis for that. Also, speaking of NCAA football, uh, Top of the Mountain Season 3 will be returning next Thursday. I'm not sure if we're going to go live or if they'll be recorded um, and drop on Fridays, but Rev and I, Rev Coca, are my co-host from last year, far end of the bench MMA expert, the problem, the problem. Rev Coca will be back for another season at Top of the Mountain, and we'll be talking all about RMAC football. So far, last two seasons that we've done this show, Colorado Mines has been to the semifinals and now the NCAA finals. No NCAA championships, but we'll see if they're able to keep up, um, see if Western's able to continue on their little hot streak being always in the playoff mix. Then obviously CSU Pueblo with their new coaching staff. What is that going to look like for the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference? Rev Coke and I both really excited to be bringing that show back for you. Uh, all updates you'll be able to catch on F at FEOTB Pod. So if you haven't noticed yet by the this time in the show, follow at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's where you'll be able to watch all of the content that we have coming for you. And then finally, NFL is only two weeks away. Uh, 
it, it's special. It's a very, very special time. Let's just, uh, I'm going to talk about some of the betting odds of what we have in store. So let's see, betting odds for NFL awards. What should we use? Let's go, I'm not going to say the name, but uh, the sports book that I'm looking at for these odds rhymes with Schmanschmull. So <clears throat> for the MVP, Patrick Mahomes is the current favorite at plus 600, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow at plus 700, Jalen Hurts, uh, one that I really like at plus 1200. It's going to come down to the rest of the team around him and how healthy the team stays. Last year, the Chiefs got really lucky. They were one of the healthier teams, and Pat Mahomes continued to play and, and ball out. But I think Burrow, if the Bengals can put it together this season, get themselves back to AFC Championship game and possibly win to the Super Bowl, that's going to be huge for him. He's also going to – this is the year where he's going to make his money. So if he wants to get his contract the way that he wants and still be able to keep some room to structure, he's going to have to have an MVP caliber season. He's capable of it. I really like Joe Burrow at plus 700, but if I want big odds and a guy that I think can really do some something, uh, I would go with Jalen Hurts at plus 1,200. I don't trust Aaron Rodgers because of the new team. And last year I was one of the people saying that Russell Wilson was just going to come in and light things up on the Broncos. And I think Aaron Rodgers is way better than Russell Wilson has ever thought of being, but it is still a new situation um, and a new team. So I'm not a hundred percent sold on the fact that he's going to be an MVP, even if the jets are good. I think the jets can still be good. And Aaron Rodgers might have to take some time. Uh, I'm thinking about Brady back in that first season in Tampa Bay. It didn't take, right away. It, it took a few weeks. You're well into the season before you started to see the dividends pay off there. Uh, offensive player of the year. This one is where I'm probably going to show my bias a little bit more. Jamar Chase is the favorite, and I think that's very fair. I honestly don't want him to win this award because if he wins this award, he's going to put himself out of the range of being able to keep two of your three receivers and you'll just have to be able to go with Jamar. He's plus 1,100 for the Offensive Player of the Year. Justin Jefferson at plus 1,400. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing that. Going to be interesting with uh, no other weapon on that offense if he's still going to be able to produce. Obviously, the guy that most most of us are going to see in this situation is Christian McCaffrey. He's also sitting at plus 1,400, and we saw just a taste of what he can do in this Kyle Shanahan offense. And now Kyle Shanahan has had an entire offseason to come up with game plans and devise different ways to get Christian McCaffrey the ball. That is going to be a deadly proposition. Um, and then let's look at – I think we'll look at Coach of the Year, Sean Payton sitting at four, plus 1,400. I saw something interesting, you know, we give Mike McCarthy a whole bunch of shit for only having one Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Sean Payton has a very similar track record. And if you remove Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers from McCarthy and Payton's coaching records, it actually balances out quite, quite well. If I had to put money on somebody here, it would probably be Sala because he's built the team to this point. So I would say it a good shot for coach of the year. My prediction would be Robert Sala and he's sitting at plus 1600 odds. So you'd get a, a decent return rookie of the year. Bijan Robinson plus 300 Bryce young. That's a false narrative. 
if it if it ends up working out, I would wait because I think he's going to struggle early. So wait on this one because at plus four hundred, that's not really worth the risk that it's going to be. You're you're basically throwing money away if if you've been paying attention to what he's he's looked like in preseason so far. Anthony Richardson plus eight hundred. I think the Colts are going to be absolutely god awful, and Anthony Richardson is going to be running for his life, which can either be good or it can be bad. He's a big guy, so he might be able to stay a little bit healthier than than others. But it's not going to be perfect. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is one where I would look at and go plus 900 is pretty, pretty good. And he's going to be a major factor in, in his offense. He's already shown quite a few flashes. So that's where I'm sitting with offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. I have no clue. I'll be 100% honest. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, two names that I, I recognize. Um, last year it was a cornerback because that cornerback was sauce Gardner and, and he's going to be one of the best for a long time, but I don't really know if anybody is um, I don't really know if anybody is on that level that we were seeing from last year. Obviously we'll continue talking football T- tune in tonight, 7:45 mountain standard time, 6:45 Pacific. If you want to uh, catch the first episode of talking the gridiron season two, with Darren, myself, and I believe he said we're going to be having a guest on. So 49er fans, if you listened last year, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to give it away. But if you're a 49er fan, you will have a friendly face on the panel if you tune in to tonight's Talk in the Gridiron. Um, <clears throat> moving forward to – I'm going to call it my nuts and bolts. I don't want to call it grinds my gears, but my nuts and bolts segment, and this is more often than not going to be the school segment. Uh, nuts and bolts this week. The honeymoon period is over. I think the last time that I had this show, I was talking about the kids and like, oh, they're so nice. They come in, they sit right down. They really don't, they're not like mean to each other like like they were last year. This is so great. And then last week happened and all hell broke loose. Uh, Trying to, you know, be as transparent as possible. We've gone from situations of like a two to three importance and like heightened stress level meter to freaking 12s oh my goodness uh students that are so perfection driven that we see clumps of hair being pulled out and and left on the floor of the the pod area um and and not being able to or wanting to calm themselves down when you try and tell them like dude it's not, it's nothing is that serious right, right now. You're 11, 12 years old. You do not need to be pulling your hair out over something that does not matter. You, you, you probably will never remember whether or not your paper airplane flew or not. So don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't scream and throw yourself on the floor. Uh, being mean to, to people for absolutely no reason. I had student this week come up to me. Unfortunately, I must have not been aware but i've been paying close enough attention to that that particular incident but i had a student come to me and say that she was being ridiculed for her dyslexia by one of the other students in the classroom so you know just why what is the benefit like okay she struggles with this i could pick out 20 different things on you that i could start making fun of you for would you like that very much no well then why why think about it in that context would you like to be told that, you know, something that you are <clears throat> not comfortable with 
would you like to be told that that was the defining thing about you? No, I don't think anybody would. Um, and it, I guess if you have tips, if you're a, a teacher, a veteran teacher listening to the show, I, we just, I just saw half of our live audience drop out. So hopefully people are, are coming back and listening to the recording. We're, we're coming up towards the end. Trust me. I know that it took a while. I'm going to finish off with that video because I know that I didn't get to it when I was talking about Christian. And uh, then I'll send everybody off to finish up their Sunday and get the rest of their week started. But the last thing that I want to talk about in this nuts and bolts segment, if you're a veteran teacher, if you have, you think you have some beneficial advice, I'm seeking advice currently. Um, how do I deal with impossible parents? And when I say impossible parents, it's like kid qualifies for qualifies for needs, but parents don't want needs to be administered by professionals in that situation. They want the needs to be administered by the teacher who also has to worry about 139 other general students plus the, the other kids that are already qualified and taking the help from the program. Like I obviously this is a very sensitive thing and, and I don't want to get myself in trouble or, or the school in trouble. So I'm being as vague as possible. But like the parent is putting me in the situation of following the specialized standards for the needs of the student. And it's just not really realistic. And I can already feel like the extra stress and the extra weight that this whole thing is causing me. So if you have tips to deal with what I would call impossible parents, please comment on the videos, uh, leave your rating, five-star rating, and, and in your review, give me some tips. I'll, I'll take any advice at this point. I just want to figure out something that I can do um, to, to kind of, lessen that that weight um <clears throat> last thing and then we're going to wrap up the show it's the media for the week i did watch swamp kings i am almost done with episode four uh, didn't watch I, I was watching some of the tributes that they did for wwe rest in peace windham um windham rotunda uh, otherwise known as bray wyatt unfortunately passed away as well as uh, terry funk who, if you're a cinema fan like me, media fan like me, then you know best best thing that um, he ever did was be in Roadhouse and, and fight Patrick Swayze. So unfortunately, those two passed. But I wanted to talk about Oppenheimer, and I wanted to talk about, uh, I guess I just mentioned that I'm starting Peaky Blinders. I'm a little bit behind on this Killian White character, but um, I will tell you, I, I'm very impressed with the work that I saw in Oppenheimer. Um, it's not perfect by any means, but I don't think that Christopher Nolan makes his movies out to be perfect. Uh, he just tries to <clears throat> get as best as he can the message that he wants to get across. So he really doesn't care what the people watching the movie think. He he wants to put out what he wants to put out. And it was kind of a little bit of a jumbled mess, but it's, it's really, 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 really good. It's worth all of the praise that it's been getting. Um, I don't necessarily like the three hour runtime, but it's something of that magnitude and that importance. Yeah. You can, you can pretty much talk about it for three hours. I was talking about it because Raleigh and I went to see it together in the theater. Uh, it probably could have worked as like three separate movies instead of one movie. It was like they combined, you know, they could have done who is Dr. Robert Oppenheimer and talk about all of his life, the time that he spent in Europe studying when he came back, his socialist or excuse me, communist party ties and all that stuff. That could have been a separate movie. You could have had a movie explaining and talking about all of the science 
about how they built the atomic bomb and, and the different ways that they were trying to refine their process and the ways that they were able to do that, even extend it into the hydrogen bomb if you wanted to. And then you could also do the fallout and the aftermath of how he was basically blamed for the entire thing, which he's too smart of a guy to know that that wouldn't have happened. Um, probably could have defended himself a little bit better. It could have been three different movies, and I think you would have had just as much they probably would have been a little bit more impactful right now. You have one really, it's an impactful movie. That's very important. and talks about a lot of important topics, but it's, it's just, it's very surface level. There was no depth. They didn't talk about, they, they discussed the philosophy of whether or not we should have dropped the bomb because is Japan surrendering? Are they close? Um, Japan doesn't surrender. They don't. That Bushido code is real. I've seen it firsthand, experienced it firsthand when we played football against them. We were up 50 to 50 to zero in two minutes left in the third quarter. Like, guys, it's it's done. What are you still fighting for? There is no quit. There is no surrender. You would have to kill every single soldier on every single island, and they are not easy soldiers to kill. They have a very, very talented army for the time. So those land-based, like I've seen the veterans talk about landing on Iwo Jima, and it's just not possible to do amphibious assaults on all of the Japanese islands. Dropping the bomb was probably the way, even with the far-standing consequences, that was probably the quickest way you could have ended that conflict in the Pacific. Show them we have this power. Show them we honestly don't really know how to harness that power. We're going to drop it, and it's it's a freaking bomb. It's going to explode, and it's going to expand. We don't know all of what's going to happen and all of what it does to everything, but it's bad. It ain't good. It's bad. Show them that. And then that was going to be the best way to end the war. I think the philosophy behind it, they didn't show how depraved this Japanese army was as well. If you are a history buff, I'm a social studies teacher. So obviously I'm a history buff. Uh, look up the, it's called the rape of Nanking. It's the, one of the most horrific stories of warfare, modern warfare that I can remember, um, torturing women and children. Obviously, you know, the name <clears throat> has the rape in there, and there's quite a bit of that, all all pretty much against the civilian population. So as much as as much devastation as this caused, and the second bomb was dropped in the wrong location and, and kind of hit more of the civilian landing, but as bad as it was for them. The Japanese definitely built up the karma to have to deal with that. Should we have been the ones to administer it? I don't know. I The line that stuck with me, and I think the best line of any movie that I've heard so far this year, was I don't know if we're responsible for carrying this much power, if we're responsible enough to carry this much power, but I know for certain that the Germans aren't. And you can put that into the communists and the Soviets for after after World War II, but... Those are those are kind of my just general thoughts overall. I think it's really good. I would probably watch it again. We got we got to see it in the uh, IMAX, the Dolby surround sound. Um, we don't live close enough to uh, a Miramax like seventy millimeter film that that doesn't exist to us, close to us. And with that, I've also started watching Peaky Blinders because I've heard about it. Started to see the clips. I've already watched Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire. I love the historical drama, gangster stuff, gangster media that I've started to see. And who doesn't love Thomas fucking Shelby? Thomas Shelby. 
the leader of the Shelby family. Going to touch a cap he carries around, raises in his raises in his cap. Um, I'll keep. I'll, I'll probably talk about that more as it as it continues on. We're probably good. I'm sure people are done, you know, listening to my voice and everything like that. I'm going to play the. Uh, it's. I'm going to call it the Sammy D clip because you, you, it'll make. Oh no, I don't have it uploaded in here. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. I'll post it on our social media. So please go show, be sure to go follow at FEOTV Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a like, comment, five-star rating, and a review. Check out the Variety Sports Network. Don't forget, I will be back live on your computer screen tonight at 745 Mountain Standard Time for Talking the Gridiron with myself and Darren Briere from the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, this has been episode three of the Sunday Scaries. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Please make sure to tell a friend about us about the show if you think they would enjoy it i will be back on thursday with far end of the bench and uh also top of the mountain on friday and more sunday scaries next week so i'm starting to fill out my week pretty good hopefully you guys enjoyed and i will see you later